It's the official catch-up podcast with me, Ben Grant. I just realised last week that I never, ever introduced myself in this podcast. I thought, there'll be people out there thinking, who the fuck is this guy? So I thought, I'll introduce myself properly this week. Uh, I'm Ben, and I'm also joined by Chris. Uh, how you doing, Chris? Yeah, doing well, doing well. I was just about to say, I mean, no one can send you abuse if they didn't get who you are, eh? I'll put my Twitter at the end of things, man. So it's um, and t- talking about abuse. Certainly been telling a lot of that the last couple of weeks, so we'll probably, we'll probably cover that at the end. Eh? We'll save that, save that, save the big topic till the end of the podcast. I think, Chris. I think, well, um, keep keep the listeners involved. And I was um, worried that you were going to talk about it for the whole hour, mate. Well, well, we could, man, if you want, because we've got plenty to talk about. We could do that. I almost texted yesterday about doing a wee emergency podcast, but nah, I'm watching better stuff than the rest. I went to the spa yesterday. We had a game on Friday. Went to the spa instead on Saturday. It was fucking tremendous. Tell that for free. I was wondering what you were doing on a Saturday about football, actually. Aye, so we obviously played Friday night uh, against Darvel. Uh, less said about that, the better. But uh, it was nice to have a Friday night game. It was actually nice and cool come Friday night because it was roasting through the day on Friday. And so was Saturday, by all accounts, for those playing football. Uh, I toyed with the idea of going to a game. Uh, I was like thinking about it, thinking about it. Couldn't decide which game to really go to. I was going to go and see Trin Clyde Bank, Cumnock, Hurlford, uh, Peter Selbeath, but Peter Selbeath was away. And I thought, nah, do you know what? Lauren's obviously involved in football now as well, so uh, I think she's sick of football by the end of this week. So uh, she we thought, like, we'll do something else. And I was like, see if we can get a wee, a wee massage, a wee, just a wee, a wee full body massage. So I went to find one of the local hotels that's got a spa and, like, I come down it too. Like probably right, we're going there then, so no football. And I thought about dipping into Trin versus Clyde Bank as I say at the end, but um, just ended up going for some food and having a football free day, so it was quite nice. And I watched that Man United game um, at half five, which was um, a habit of hilarity for all uh, concerned. I'm sure I say this before Spurs played me and Chris are both uh, Spurs fans, so um, we're also keep, uh, keep the head up the day. Yeah, we're playing Oh, try, I try to be nice on Twitter about my feelings, especially when it comes to Chelsea and Arsenal. But um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, try, I try not to use uh, any sweary words. Let's put it that way when it when it comes. But I, I don't know. It, it sometimes comes out during games, <laughs> especially with Spurs. You know, half my Twitter's about Spurs when they're when they're playing, and usually it's um, bashing our own players, Ben. But um, yeah, that's just the way I am. <laughs> Got a good feeling about today, Chris. Got a good feeling. Question though, have you watched the Arsenal All or Nothing documentary yet? I am watching one episode and one episode, and I don't think it's out yet, and that's when we beat them because they're absolute shite. Oh, sorry, it's coming out now. But I am going to watch that one episode when we beat them because they ducked us. I, I heard they had, there was... Oh, God, we're going into Arsenal <laughs> sports now. But um, they ducked us in January. Everyone knows it. And there was no mention it in the documentary that they ducked us. So I can't wait till, till that episode's out so I can watch it with, with glee um, to le- relive the fact that, yes, we got the Champions League over them. And deservedly so, because even though they've got Gabriel Jesus and all this other signings next, they're still a level above. Let's put it this way, Ben. My son is six tomorrow, and he has never seen... Arsenal finish above Spurs, so that, that's what that's all, <laughs> all to say. But yeah, we're, we're getting sidetracked right at the start of the episode. Uh, I mean, these, <laughs> these things always happen. I mean, I mean, talking about Arsenal, I have watched the full documentary so far. Uh, didn't did quite enjoy it. I was interested to see the the background, but um, the thing that, that stood out for me was how many staff do they have? Man, they have like ridiculous amounts of staff in that club, but. Um, yeah, obviously we're not here to talk about Arsenal or Spurs or, um, or people Chelsea. regular. They're watching the wrong um, yeah. podcast. <laughs> we're we're recording this at twenty past one on Sunday. I have left the Kelly game at half time because Kelly are three 0 down to to Celtic. So what's happening in, in top flight football now? Let's just not dwell on that too much. But let's go straight into the Lowland League then, uh, as we always do uh, on this podcast, and we'll start with. Uh, Berry Rangers 3 East Stirlingshire no good result for Berry yeah uh, looked fairly deserved it looked like they had a lot of momentum I watched the highlights just before we came on three fantastic finishes uh, Alex Harris scoring a, a brace and I think uh, Jamie Stevenson with a really good finish as well 
Um, Shire obviously had a really good result in the cup midweek against St Mirren B. Um, you know, Dell talked about wanting to pre- prove people wrong, something we we talked about in the last podcast. Um, but I think if you, you're going to do that, you need to do it consistently. Uh, but in fairness to Dell, I mean, I don't think Ross Connolly could have done anything about them them three strikes. They were too precise. Um, and obviously, we we rate Berwick. We've said that they obviously had a, a tough one against Broomhill. Um, Last week, where was the goal offside? I think it was, but yeah, it's it's not a surprising result. I think you know Shire are really decent defensively. That's one thing we probably didn't mention, um, you know, when we've been talking about them. But Connor Green, guys like that, always a standout. Ross Connolly's uh, probably one of the, yeah, probably still the best keeper in the league um, at the moment. So it's uh, it's going to be tough for Shire, but I mean Berwick, I think they'll. They'll march on now uh, after that result. Yeah, it's a, it's a great, it's a great win. We also talked about Shire last week and how can you know, obviously that squad's a bit different from, from what it's been like before. Obviously, they're trying to kind of build. We keep saying transition probably every week. If we had a pound for time, we said transition. We'd probably be fairly rich in this podcast. But um, yeah, I mean, great result for Berry and hopefully can kick on from from there for sure. Next game then, Bowness United uh, versus Hearts B. It was a four-one convincing victory for Bowness uh, United and. They sit second top of the league. Bonus have started very, very strongly. Obviously, they got a game in hand over uh, EK as well. But um, I think for me, the surprise package so far of the league, Chris. Yeah, uh, Alison Jones. Alison Jones has been a funny one um, for me because he's a really talented footballer. Uh, you know, he's he's been in the lone league before, obviously. I think he was probably a wee bit bit part at teams uh, like Berwick and uh, and Bonnie Rigg, who was at Trenent for a wee bit last season. Uh, I think he only made like three sub-appearances in the league. And then he, he went to Haddington Athletic, won the conference with them, and that's where he really took off as a player. Uh, and Bonnet seemed to be getting the best out of him, obviously scoring a, a, a hat-trick. Uh, Tom Grant, I think, got the, got the other one. Fantastic from Bonnet, but I think in fairness, you have to say that they've probably not had one of the harder starts. They've not had like a you know, an EK start or a Spartan start, it's just not been on the same level. But big test next week when they go away to East Kilbride, and I'm sure East Kilbride will want to to end that undefeated streak. And uh, to me, that's already game of the week. It was brought by <laughs> by, a, by a few people. Obviously, that has to be game of the week, and I, I think it is because we'll really see what bonus are made of when they come up against, you know, I think and, and everyone's eyes are certainly... Our eyes, uh, East Kilbride is, is the favourites. Um, but if they can get a result at uh, K Park, I mean, that would really sort of push them forward as potentially a, a, a dark horse this season. Yeah, I think, uh, as I say, the start's unbelievable. Yeah, be, yet to be defeated. Obviously, they've had that, as I said, that game in hand uh, with the, the 19 teams in the, in the league. They obviously missed one of the, the weeks. But four wins out of five and... Uh, scoring goals as well. I think that's the other thing as well about Bonnes. They're scoring plenty of goals, and uh, again, we still don't know an awful lot about Hearts B. But from what kind of what we've kind of seen in terms of results so far, not 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 too impressive. Certainly not the not in the caliber, obviously, of Rangers, Rangers and Celtic B, which we, we knew they would be like. But uh, I'm not sure they'll be convinced that the the lone deal will be for them after um, the first the start that they've had. But if you play Bonnes, I say. Surprise package, a team they weren't really talking about before uh, at the start of the season. So uh, it'll be it'll be a massive game, as you said. Uh, when's that next next Saturday? Is it next Saturday? Yeah, because this is this will be the first week. I don't think that teams will be playing two fixtures. Um, you know, it's pretty much week to week. Hopefully, until obviously you introduce the cups and whatever else. So um, yeah, a wee bit of a break, which is probably needed for a, a few teams in terms of getting extra training sessions in and uh, at this early stage. I might, I might actually go to that game because uh, we've got a, a free week because of the South Charms Cup. We've got a bye, so uh, no, no league game for us uh, on Saturday next week. So might, might actually go and see that because I don't get a, a chance to go to a lot of the league games because of obviously duties elsewhere. So um, he's got by just on my doorstep almost. So uh, maybe, a, maybe one for me that I must say. Next one then uh, in the lone league would be Cali Braves three Rangers B three now. Um, I don't know if Chris is going to call me for my comments in the WhatsApp group or not, so uh, I'll just wait and see and pass it on to him. Yeah, um, 
so B team's no longer first. Uh, ben, obviously they're, they're more close to my predictions. I think they're sitting third and fourth, which is what I called. <laughs> yeah, not not getting too excited. Um, but what a comeback from Cali Braves. Uh, Ricky Waddle, I love his interviews. If you've listened to Ricky, I think he's always honest to a fault. He's He seemed really... <laughs> I think the interview was a bit of a strange one because he was obviously annoyed at the first half performance, but he was kind of... You could kind of see that he was had something in him that he was happy that they came back to 3-3, but he was still like uh, mixed emotions in terms of the performance because they obviously had a shocker the first half. Rangers B looked like they were going to win that game quite comfortably. Uh, Cali Braves have came back. Jamie Watson, Mark Kelly, uh, Scott Cusick um, getting the goals. Uh, I listened to Robbie Fraser's interview as well for Rangers B and he said obviously the, I think it was a case that they got a bit complacent. They thought the game was won at 3-0, uh, but if you know this league, you know the level. No games are won at half time. Doesn't matter who you're against. There's no 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 games won at half time when there's a, a team that's got a wee bit of desire. And you know, one point in that I think, you know, I'm I'm happy for a lot of the Braves guys, but uh Scotty Kusick obviously injured last season. I think he you know, he left Broomhill, um had a wee sort of short stint at Gala. Uh, it's good to see him really coming on at the Braves. And there's a few of them with Kelly's came on. Uh, Zach Butterworth, he comes up quite a lot. Um, they've got such a talented midfield and a, a talented forward line. And can't forget, obviously, the back line with guys like Jamie Walker and, and Scott Forrester as well. So we, I feel like we, we talk about them quite a lot, probably more than any other team. But uh, it's just the way it is. I think um, they, they keep surprising us, um, which is good to see as we as we like, Ben. Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, I looked to the, uh, the the odds list uh, pre-match for uh, the Lowland League and, and Notice Rangers B, I think, were, were odds on against Cali Braves. And I thought, oh, to me, that's that's free money as far as I'm concerned. And I think I put in the our group chat, uh, uh, myself, Mozart, Chris, said, oh, look, three now, half time, three now, Rangers B, there we go. There's cash is in the bank if anybody's bet, if anybody's bet them today. And then I think I looked on it eight minutes and it was like, Three each. I couldn't quite believe it. It was a complete shot, but um, that's probably a bit of kind of that kind of youthfulness of, of that Rangers B side. Just not quite have that kind of the composure to see a, a game, especially even when they when they maybe lose the goal in early in the second half, and uh, you probably still want to try and sharp shot, but they just maybe quite didn't know how to do that. They're probably not used to having to do that against a team um, like like that, like like Cali Braves and. That's probably the difference that you'll see for those t- those players going from playing in kind of youth academy setups to playing kind of I guess men's league football and, and a bit more dogged matches where teams are just still still fighting for every ball and trying to get the result. So uh, yeah, absolutely fair play to Cali Braves. It's it's a, it's a great comeback. I mean, just a, a point on that, Ben. I mean, there's no doubt in my mind that the the likes of Rangers be possibly Celtic be their players think they will be they should be winning every game. Uh, they go out and trying to win every game. It doesn't matter who they're against. And I get that mentality, but I, I don't think they could be too harsh on themselves, obviously. I mean they're still young players like you mentioned, Ben. So um it's just about character really. Building uh building a strong mindset and saying like, all right, you know, when they're good players obviously technically good, but sort of late teens to to early twenties, I mean, you still need to develop as a footballer mentally as well as sort of physically and technically. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, next game then, Silver Surfers Trolls now trying to now. Probably not much to talk about in that game. It was obviously sounds like a, a boring nil nil draw. If I've ever heard of it. I had uh, Matt White had a really good game. I, I got a couple of the. The Trinent fans, I'm guessing, um, said that he was really class. And obviously, Mag White's a, a top top goal, uh, goalie. Really good um, draw for for Civil, I guess. You could probably look at it both ways. It's a good good um, away point as well for Trinent because obviously Broomhill got. You know, I was at the game that Broomhill got beat by Civil, and it's one of those tricky fixtures. I mean, two two good sides probably cancelling each other out. But I, I did hear Mark White had a had a lot to do and, and done well as well. So uh, Next game in, uh, Edinburgh Uni 1, Spartans 3. Probably straightforward win for Spartans. And um, As far as they're concerned, Edinburgh be obviously toiling at the bottom of the table. But um, you'd expect the Spartans to go there and get a result, Chris. Yeah, Blair Henderson double and uh, Jamie Dishington overhead kick. Um, 
I'm sure Dish, I'll, I'll give him that one. I think he, he meant that, obviously. But yeah, that was probably the only uh, Lowland League fixture yesterday that I looked at and was like, yeah, I'm, I'm confident Sparrow's will, will win that one. Uh, the rest were kind of a wee bit sort of like, I don't know. I couldn't really, if I was a betting man, I probably wouldn't have went with them, basically. Um, but Spartans, I was kind of dead set that they were uh, going to win that. But in fairness, Edinburgh, you needed to have the, the lead to begin with. But I'm sure going into the second half, Spartans uh, probably really went for it and, and showed them up a wee bit. Next game then, uh, Grenna won uh, Celtic B4. Uh, obviously, Grenna had a, a good result last week and everyone knows my thoughts on Grenna, but uh, we, we always know that Celtic B are going to be a class side and They've got those good technical players that um, to play against and get them obviously at home. Probably wanted to build on the result from last week, but couldn't quite do it against um, Celtic B. Took a bit of a took a bit of a battle. A similar, uh, I think it was a similar one to uh, Edinburgh Uni Spartans, where I think Grenna were leading uh, to begin with, and then obviously Celtic kind of got their act together. Uh, Bruno Davidson, probably the, a bit of a game changer. Uh, who was in the team of the month for July for Celtic? Really good sort of winger. Uh, but then we talk about B teams and single out, you know, one or two players. I mean, the whole teams uh, are usually <laughs> technically good footballers, but um, probably just a wee bit too much for Grenton on the day. Celtic B again fourth in the league. You expect them to be in that sort of position. Grenton are not at the stage where they're one of the the top teams. Whereas probably Rangers B and Celtic B, uh, we consider them to be to be at least in the top six. I would say. No, absolutely. I've always said that they're, they're going to be class sides, and I think, like the way, obviously, we see the Rangers B is the, the one thing we probably question mark around those B teams is the is that mentality. So um, we'll see how that develops. But obviously, at the start of the season, I was pretty convinced that that one of those teams are going to win the league still. But I don't. I'm not deviating for that at all. I think we're still. <laughs> I still think. Stick to your guns. <laughs> absolutely. I think we're still. I think we're still plenty. Obviously, plenty of matches to be played in this league, and um, I think one of those sides. Is, uh, I'm kind of edging towards Rangers B silly, but that doesn't mean I'm a Rangers fan, folks, before you start any of your crap. Um, I've heard a lot of stuff about that this week, and it's, it's funny. But That room uh, looks rather uh, suspect in the, the blue there, eh? The very black. blue, isn't it? Very <laughs> blue. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that's me all over. Uh, next game then, East Coast by four. Uh, Galfrey, Dean Rovers, nil. Uh, EK keeping the pace, scoring plenty of goals. Uh, they look... The real deal this year. I think we've always had a bit of a, a question mark around DK with our starts to seasons and things like that, but they've, they've certainly come out of the traps flying this year. Yeah, uh, two braces, uh, Bob McHugh and Ronan Hughes, who I'm a, I'm a big fan of Ronan Hughes. I liked them at Hamilton Ackies, actually. Um, and when they signed him, uh, I was like, oh, that's a, a really good signing. Bob McHugh, obviously experienced striker. He'll, he'll be banging them in all season. Uh, along with, obviously, we better mention Cammy Elliott as well, because I always get in trouble when I didn't mention St. Cammy from the, the UK faithful, because he is, he's another one that could score goals for fun. But um, I, I was actually, uh, I listened, you know, as I keep saying, I, I listened to, to interviews and highlights is what I do. Obviously, we kind of wanted to do this podcast well when we can. So we, we do try and watch everything uh, that's available at the time. Um, I, I thought it was a bit interesting that Bill War said that they weren't actually playing well. Um, which is, you know, um, it's like, I mean, you won 4 now, <laughs> But yeah, that, that kind of struck me off a wee bit. I was kind of like, oh, all right, you're not playing well, but you won 4 now. But um, to me, that just says that they can play a lot better. I mean, if they, they thought they weren't playing well for a 4 0 win, um, I'm expecting maybe, what, eight against Bonus? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> no, no, it's going to be a tough game, obviously. But um, EK, apart from the, you know, the blip against Rangers B, uh, another team that we think are going to do well anyway, but um, they've, they've been solid. You know, there's not much to say. I, I guess I'm really excited for that bonus game because that's that, that'll be a... I wouldn't even say a proper test because Galaferidine, I saw them against Spartans, they were missing a few players. I don't know what the situation was, um, you know, against East Colbride, but yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to that, that bonus game. I think you mentioned um, Ronan Hughes there. He's probably one... We could actually probably start building a, a, a team... A team basically of players who are too good for this level. <laughs> you probably start writing out a, a, each player in each position to have an eleven of of players that are too good for this level. And, and Ronan Hughes for me is one of those players uh, for sure. He's he's a, he's a great player. And as you say, he mentioned about Hamilton. I remember he played against us a, a few years back in a friendly and just 
he was the kind of standout player. I'm just surprised, obviously, he didn't stick around in the kind of higher levels. But uh, I mean, in terms of UK, he's a great result. I'm not really sure what they're um, certainly unhappy about the uh given the given the the result, the clean sheet as well. So he's looking looking pretty good, and um, I'm glad they've, they've kind of come out the traps flying, as I said. Because uh, they always they have started poorly in the last couple couple of seasons, and they're always talked about. I mean, how many years have we predicted they're going to win the league? And, um, Too many. <laughs> they've let badly uh, on this podcast, so uh, I didn't predict them this year. I went elsewhere, and this maybe this could be their year to get finally get promoted. Uh, because I mean, for us, I think probably one of the teams we'd want to see go up is East Coast. I think they're they're far capable and better than, than this div- uh, division. So. Uh, for me, yeah, great result for, for EK. The final game then in the Lowland League was uh, Cowdenbeath 1, Dalbeatty star 1, first points on the board for, for Dalbeatty. Uh, probably say more misery for, for Cowdenbeath, Chris. Yeah, of course I was at the game, and we don't sugarcoat anything on this podcast. Uh, let's let's kind of preface the what I'm about to say, but I think the first half, probably one of the worst, first, uh, worst halves of football I've ever seen at any level. Um, I'm being harsh uh but i do think there was other factors obviously it's two teams that are that that are not really doing well uh, in fairness they haven't started well um it looked like a lot of the boys were hiding especially uh, the younger lads you know when when you're a team that's probably not doing as well players don't want the ball and they don't want to to be the driving force um and i think that's what i saw in the first half and um, I'm probably being a wee bit too harsh, actually, but I, I, I wouldn't be doing justice to uh, the fans that paid a tenner to go and see that um, if if I didn't say these things. But I think um, the conditions, obviously, it was no one's used to hot weather. Eh? I think that that probably uh, didn't help. Uh, the pitch was dry, so the ball was bouncing. Uh, I think both teams were kind of awful in the second ball, and I think that's that's probably a part part of the reason with the the pitch. In fairness, it's the first time I've seen either team this season. So, again, uh, it could have been the conditions. It could have been the fact that um, certainly Dalby had probably players missing and they're still getting guys in. So, um, but yeah, it wasn't it wasn't good. It wasn't good is what I'm trying to say. Uh, Dalby got their goal um, probably against the run of play, I would say. Um, it was kind of a really scrappy goal. Uh, just poor defending from Ken Beef in it. And it was kind of like that, the, the chances that were in the game. There wasn't any sort of real quality it was just sort of stromashes in, in the box and it was uh, similar with a cow and beef goal when they equalised in the um, in the second half there wasn't really much football being played is what I'm saying but yeah so 1-1, cow and beef had two similar chances again to win the game uh, the, the second one was probably the closest and this was probably in stoppage time the the, bot, the part in the Red Seas like they literally just had one of the one player just had to literally almost they could have passed it into the net, but both of them, two players, I've never seen anything like this. They both smashed into each other. Two counting players smashed into each other, going for the the winner. Basically, I mean, it just wouldn't have happened back in the day because you would have heard you know winners or leave it. Um, a lot of these shouts you didn't hear nowadays in football, and that's what you know. Certainly, if the ball was on or not, I would if I was when I was playing football, um, all I would hear is leave it. You know. <laughs> if they if it, if it was even near them or not, it was just you know what was said. But I don't. What was it? That one mine. You know, mine or aye, winners or. Remember, I used to get used to get uh, in trouble for um, for shouting mine when you're a wee guy because you you were taught to, to say your name rather than say mine. <laughs> I, was like, I look, looking back, I was like, what does that matter? Uh, yeah. Really, but um, I talking about the, the game. Yeah, and Beast don't sound like they're a great side and kind of fallen rapidly down that table. Obviously for Dalbeatty, you mentioned there that still building the squad. Um, in fairness, you know, I, I, I'm bemoaning the quality. It's still two teams gelling. Um, yeah. Alfie Robinson uh, was a, a shining light in that Cowden Beef team. Especially when, uh, also when Cammy Graham and uh, Ben Weeks came on. I think that changed the game. They looked like they had a wee bit more more thrust going forward, Cowden Beef, a wee bit more. You know, Cammy Graham's another one that, that probably... Could still be playing higher up. Um, he really, I wouldn't say he changed the game, obviously, because they still drew. But um, yeah, Al- Alfie Robinson, I, I kind of feel like um, 
he's probably missing just a, a touch. Um, he, he was really his passing was really good. Uh, he, I kind of wanted to see him drive forward more, you know, from from the right back position. He done it in the second half a couple of times, and I was like, that's what he should be doing every game. But I don't know if it's just the the tactics. Obviously, I think um, Morris Ross has probably been a wee bit more more cautious, which is fair because he, he's, he's not sure he's probably not got um, the knowledge of his team yet. Obviously, only after a few games. So, um, I, I, I'm worried about both of them actually. You know, we were t- discussing whether we should be worried about Cowden Beef last uh, last show, and I, I would say I am now worried about Cowden Beef after seeing what I saw on Saturday. Um, they're still. Bright sparks. Um, I did message Jordan actually. I think on Friday. I don't think he'll mind me saying. I was just saying I'm looking forward to seeing them play. And and yeah, I think he made it clear that they've not had their best team yet, and they they're still boy, boys they're wanting to bring in. Um, obviously Mason McCready, which goalkeeper um, on loan at Gala last season. But I have a, str- a strange one. Obviously he was uh, at Cowden Beef, then. The loan got terminated, and then suddenly he's playing against them. They'll be a star, so that that was quite interesting. Some kick on the on Mason, by the way. He was kicking it uh, like far up the pitch, and obviously there was no wind yesterday. So I mean, uh, I think I said on Twitter, but if, uh, if there's a keeper going to score this season from long range, I think it's going to be him because he's he's kicking is phenomenal, uh, really good. But there's there's bright spots. I think Ben uh, still a lot of gelling to do with them and a lot of teams but it's it's been a struggle so far for for both sides and it's as it, it is worrying i think at this stage i think we said a few weeks back i think it's, it's going to be down to those matches against each other um in the in the league uh, in terms of can that be counting probably getting a maybe shyer they've probably got enough you'd think to, to stay out of that relegation battle but uh those matches against each other are going to be absolute key this year for for them and uh, it's a draw between Cowdenbeath and Dalbeatie, but I think for me, Cowdenbeath, they, they sound like they're, they're in trouble and uh, they certainly could be the team to drop down. I, I don't see where the, the change happens with, with Cowdenbeath. I think with Dalbeatie, if they can get their, their side together and, and get a bit of training and, and, and implement the probably the, the style of play that, that, that Jordan wants, then I think Dalbeatie could pull themselves out of that, out of that uh, kind of bottom bottom part of the table but I just don't see it from County Beef and what I've seen so far and um it, who knows but it's gonna be it's gonna be difficult on that bottom of the table for sure. Just uh just to add a wee bit again I was probably a wee bit too negative <laughs> just to add a further positive spin just before we move on but um you know I think they'll be defended well certainly. Uh County Beef up you know they should have won the game I would say. Um you know they had two glorious chances and uh None of them came off, and I, and what I mean by glorious chances, I mean absolute sitters. Like if they had literally just got a foot on it, um, it would have been a goal, and they would have won the game. But uh, and they had two of them; they had two opportunities. And it, to me, it's just about communication. It really is just about communication. There's a lack of uh, communication between players, and, I, and that probably goes into the fact that they don't know each other. They're still gelling. Yeah, I think that was the only positive for Delby that they, they did defend well when Count Beef were really going at them in that second half. Um, but yeah, um, look, we're only a few games in. I'm saying I'm worried about them based on one performance. Um, I think, as you say, I think they'll be have a more chance of improving than than Cowden Beef that seem like they have got a sort of what I would describe as a settled squad. I think there's more to come from Dalby, probably less so from from Cowden Beef in terms of uh, people coming in and uh, players coming in. It does seem like they've got their their their, their lot now, if you will. Yeah, I think as well. Yeah, I think you. Probably worry about it, and this is I'm gonna gonna use a kind of comparison I've seen about about Man United, and it's, this is mild, probably miles apart, but we're gonna go there anyway. I think the thing for Cowden Beath will be is uh, to an extent probably they'll be as well. The, the poor start at the bottom of the table, they're gonna to struggle to get guys to come in. I think for me, uh, because who's gonna to want to come in and have a, a relegation um, battle in my feel like so uh, that'll be the the thing that. I would worry about Cowden Beath is that ball players want to go with them if they if they, just, they do want to try and make the changes. Um, obviously, Del Beatty probably have that pool of players down in the, the south of Scotland where they can maybe go pick up some maybe gems and uh, get them in and maybe kind of unknown quantities within the Lowland League and, and might might do well. But I think for me, Cowden Beath probably can I just say that that set of squads there and have guys in contracts. It'll be harder to ship guys out if they if the guys aren't good enough. So. 
Um, yeah, certainly worried for, for Cowdenbeath. All right. Um, that's the, the pretty much the roundup of the results for the games that took place on Saturday. Uh, as we record this, it's like 22 on Sunday. Broomhill are going to be playing Stirling Uni at Stirling Uni uh, today. Um, as it is, I'm not too sure why that's on a Sunday. Is it to do with Parks, is it, or something, maybe? Presumably. Uh, Stirling Albion at home last yesterday, maybe. They were against Stenhouse Murai. Um, Broomhill looking to, to kick on uh, from a good result last week. But um, I think kind of listen to Sky and uh, the podcast stuff they did, like, obviously promote their podcast too much but they were they're obviously cautious of, of Sterling Uni but I'm glad I'm actually glad that Sterling we're not covering Sterling Uni we, we seem to praise Chris Geddes like way far too much on this podcast I'm surprised we're not called the Chris Geddes podcast or Sterling Uni but no nah, if you get a result it'll be fantastic I was all set to go to it and then realised it was in Sterling I was like totally not happening <laughs> uh, I had no way of getting there so I was like I won't be going I thought it was at Cumbernauld so or at Broadwood so uh, it was planning to to go on the on route to um, but I'll get to a Broom, uh, Broomhill game at some point, hopefully this season. I think we've got, let's see, next week we've got, we've got a week off, and then I think we've got, there's a midweek game, they play midweek, I think, the end of August, somewhere as well, so uh, maybe try and get through for one of those. All right, then, moving on to the south of Scotland, uh, Football League, there was two matches uh, within that league, obviously still cup games and things like that must be happening within the south of Scotland at the moment, but it was a 4 0 win for Treetown uh, against the Cuthbert Wanderers. And it was a three 0 win for Abbey Vale versus Mid Andale. Um, thankfully, Loch Maben weren't playing because apparently I said it <laughs> wrong last week. So uh, don't want to upset the, the natives down there uh, on my pronunciation of um, their name. But what I would say is it's spelt terribly. If that's how you pronounce it, I'm just going to put that yeah, I, right now. I had to I had to tell Ben how to pronounce uh, Loch Maben, but <laughs> no, I, I did actually. Um... I did try and edit it that it sounded a wee bit better, but I think it probably ended it sounded a wee bit more horrific. I didn't notice at the time how you said it, so um but look, um in fairness to Shove who listens in, uh, we d- we don't really cover the South of Scotland too much, but he did he was one of the guys that highlighted Creetown, obviously, and they beat St. Cuthbert's uh, a really good result for them. I probably know a wee bit more about Abbey Vale. Uh, Fraser Brawls, obviously. I uh, saw that Aidan Kerr was up for T- uh, player of the month or whatever, Spurs fan. So yeah, I've got a lot of time for Aiden. But yeah, uh, again, it's it's been a bit weird with South of Scotland because um, th- there's only been so many select fixtures. But uh, almost forgot about Abbey Vale actually in terms of uh, them kind of potentially being uh, uh, you know a, a, one of, one of the higher teams. But yeah, certainly Shove knows more than us in terms of South of Scotland, and it looks like Creetown have got a fantastic uh, result against St Cuthbert's, um, a team that's kind of Obviously, probably changing now, and since uh, Jordan's went to Dalbiti, but um, yeah, I, I'm I'm looking forward to to kind of learning more about South Scotland. The only the only kind of thing that I keep up with is obviously transfers, and I can see what what, what players they have and stuff like that. But um, again, still a wee bit of an unknown. But I'm sure as the season goes, we'll 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 start to to figure it out, Ben, in terms of South Scotland. Yeah, obviously we're waiting for more league games to take place as well. It's not. Well, a great deal to talk about. Um, you don't see an awful lot online as well from some of those teams. Well, not have got a lot of social media presence. I don't really see it myself, so um, it's kind of hard to find out a lot of detail because uh, you're obviously not, not going to the games because you've got your own got your own stuff to do on a Saturday. So uh, we'll maybe make a wee trip down to, to one of the South of Scotland games at, at some point, or maybe we'll get catch them in a, in a cup competition or something against a lower league or a, a West or East side. Maybe I still think uh, Lockhart Fissel who. Obviously didn't play, but um, I think they'll still be a top team from what I've seen of their their side. So, uh, but yeah, it's it's going to be interesting. I think it's we've mentioned it before, Ben, but I think it's going to be one of those leagues where it, it could be up up for grabs for um, for a few teams. I don't think there's a a clear favourite um, in my opinion. Yeah, there's probably not like a, a team that you would say that are like kind of heavily backed and are, are signing guys that are like a mile apart from the rest of the. the teams in the division, they're all fairly even in terms of the sides. They're obviously local, more, majority of them are local boys playing um, for the, kind of almost the local sides and things like that as well. So I think, yeah, I think it's going to be quite tight within the uh, the South of Scotland League for, for sure. All right, moving on then to the East of Scotland League, we start the Premier Division. Uh, it was a 3-1 win for Dundonald Bluebell against Blackburn United. Uh, Crossgates Primrose uh, beat Haddington Athletic 2-1. 
Genefield Swiss won 2-0 against Broxburn Athletic. Musselburgh Athletic lost uh, 1-0 to Tynecastle and Oatley United got beat 5-1 off of uh, Linlithgow Rose. Uh, Pennycook Athletic uh, won 2-1 against Hillabeath Hawthorne. Socky Juniors won 6-1 against Lothian Thistle Hutchie Vale and Vale Leithing got beat 3-2 uh, off of Inverkeith and Hillfield Swifts. Uh, we'll probably start with Linlithgow Rose, a, a good convincing uh, 5-1 victory against uh, Oakley United, Chris. To be fair, I think that's what Linlithgow Rose needed after uh, the few weeks. Um, Oakley United, obviously, are just a, a promoted team. Uh, they lost, obviously, Stuart Love to, to uh, Ken Beef, so that he was one of their key players. Yeah, as I say, I mean, it's no surprise in terms of the result. You, you would think Linlithgow would go out and win that one. Um, Mark Stowe, obviously, I, I rate him very highly. He got he got a few goals in that game. So, yeah, I, I guess it's... We've talked we've talked a lot about Linlithgow in terms of um, their quality, but in terms of the result, I think it's it was probably as expected. They need to they need to start doing them sort of results against the the higher te- the teams that we would expect to be a, a wee bit higher. Oakley United, in fairness to them, they had a great season last year getting promoted, but they're not one of the stronger East of Scotland Premier sides. No, I think um, we've talked plenty about Linlithgow Rosa so far, and I think we expect them to do that. And- They've done it fairly, fairly easily. Um, elsewhere, then, but probably not a lot to, to talk about, but Socky winning 6-1 against Lothian Thistle, Hutchie Vale. Uh, six goals for Socky is a, is a great performance, I would say, for them. Socky. <laughs> They're like becoming a, a podcast favourite, aren't they? As much as we've talked about uh, Socky on the podcast, uh, we have talked about Lothian Thistle, Hutchie Vale as well, and obviously they've lost um, you know, a few of their, their mainstay players. I don't Expect them to 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 do do really well in the East of Scotland Premier. They were kind of lower down the the league last year. I, I do feel a wee bit worried about them. But again, Socky, some result for Socky. I don't know where I've got Socky really. I mean, they're what they're third at the moment. Uh, still undefeated with uh, Genefield and obviously Pennycook. So if they can sort of pull a a few results together, I mean, they could, they could be a dark horse. I keep using the word dark horse uh, today, but. Like um, I'm just surprised at how good Socky have been uh, so far. Yeah, I think I think you're right. I think if, but I think the other thing that stands out for me with Socky is the, the amount of goals they scored. Uh, Sixteen in four games, they're absolutely rattling them in uh, against the opposition and doing really well. And again, it's a, t- it's a team that we probably didn't expect to be in the, the top three of the, the division for sure. I think elsewhere, obviously, look at Genefield and four out of four, Pennycook four out of four uh, in terms of their results as well. So. It's not going to be easy by any stretch of the imagination for, for Socky, but yet to lose a match and certainly started well. It could be anything. They're obviously we're predominantly talking about them as a kind of cup side, but um, maybe this is the year to have, to have a, a performance uh, in the league. I mentioned the t- teams at the top of the table, Genefield, Swiss won 2-0 against Brockbourne Athletic, but uh, Pennycook uh, also won 2-1 uh, against Hellbeath Hawthorne. Um, good start for both sides, would say, Chris. Yeah, uh, I mean... The last sort of few seasons, Sheenfield and Pennycook have been up there. Uh, I didn't expect. Um, I wouldn't say I didn't expect it, but I think Pennycook have done really well because they did lose a few players, obviously to, to Edinburgh and oh god, FC Edinburgh, I should say, uh, and a few others as well. So uh, they look like they're still firing as good as ever. Um, I have to kind of talk about them because Doogie Penman gets <laughs> gets annoyed if we don't mention Cookie. Um, but to be fair, obviously, I, I really like Pennycook, so um, I, I, I try not to, to favour too many teams. But no, solid win against Tel Aviv. Tel Aviv team that's um, not shown um, at the moment that they've improved, but certainly I feel like they've got a better, better team than they did last season. Um, 2-1, in terms of the scoreline, obviously, it, it does seem like a, a close game, but uh, the big man, Andy Forbes, who um, seems to be doing really well, obviously, uh, he got the the first. Uh, seems to be in amongst the goals. He was suspended, I think. I think he got sent off the first game, and then he's came back and he's 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 really um, performing well. Uh, obviously, Taylor Henry Henry with the the second for Penny Cook, and then I think it was I wouldn't say so much a consolation, but a really good uh, goal by uh, Lyle Kellican for uh, the Hawes um, that made it two one. But yeah, Penny Cook. I wouldn't say I'm surprised at it because we know how good they are. They are a, a, a top East of Scotland team. It's, we can say the same about Genefield as well. But 
yeah, I think those those showdowns against the likes of Longlough Rose will be uh, will be paramount to, to who's winning that league this this season. Yeah, absolutely. I think um, again, I probably think more the East Scotland teams is, is cup sides, but uh, it's me more kind of spend more time in looking at what's going on in, in the actual league, and you look and see uh, both both great sides in terms of Genefield and, and Pennycook. And, um, it's going to be another tough league. I think we mentioned Linlithgow earlier on, and obviously Sockey have carried the traps well. And it's one of those that that it's going to be a tough league to win, and whoever wins it will have done a, a great job across the across the season. Just before we go to the, the West of Scotland uh, League, we'll probably just pick up the fact that St. Genta got beat this week uh, off of St. Andrews United uh, in the second division. So, bit of a surprise for me, certainly, because I expect St. Genta to win pretty much every week. Uh, but maybe Jamie Finlay was on holiday or something. I don't know. Maybe that's what it was. <laughs> uh, but, uh, unfortunate result for St. Genta. But a good win, obviously, for St. Andrews United uh, getting a result against a team that everyone probably expects to, to win most of their games in that division. Yeah, we had to get a mention in there, so we're not showing we're not showing just the best of St. Genta there, obviously. We, um, yeah, it's, it's terrible. But bust the coop in that one, I think, you know what I mean? So They, they must have been pretty, if we're talking about coops, they must have been pretty short, I would have thought. Uh, but yeah, fair play to St. Andrews United, for sure. All right, as I said, we're going to move on to the, the West of Scotland League. So, um, as you mentioned earlier, Ben, obviously, uh, Winning Rangers um, played Darvel on Friday night, but uh, we alluded to it earlier um, and we kind of spoke, we kind of touched on a wee bit in the, the last podcast. But uh, kill winning obviously, no harm, no foul in terms of the playing uh, an eligible player. What are, you, <laughs> what are your thoughts on that one? What have you got to say to the, the conspiracy theorists and, and whatnot? So, so I've obviously come at this probably with three hats on, really, in this situation, right? The first hat, obviously, is a, a club uh, media um, kind of output and uh, persona. I can obviously come from it from a footballing perspective uh, and a podcaster, but I also come to it as um, as a husband uh, as well, which are gonna, people are going to find that strange because um, my wife is a, the club secretary um, at Cobain and Rangers and uh, I think for me that that's probably the one that's annoying me the most is the fact that the flack that um, that she's took online in the last kind of couple of weeks, um, suggesting that she'd made mistakes and um, she should do her job better and, and things like that, and there was suggestions of cheating and as you mentioned, their conspiracy and all this kind of stuff, and that that for me was was was, a, was very frustrating to see because the people who were talking online and they were obviously were talking to people um, online. And you can probably ignore half these people, but I think for me, it, it, the people who were talking were just so ill-informed about yeah. the situation. I was obviously massively close to the situation, um, and that was really annoying. People didn't understand the rules, um, and we're talking, I'm not just talking about idiots on forums and Twitter and Facebook and things like that. I'm talking about football managers and players and uh, committee members of, of other clubs who just didn't have a clue what was going on. Um, so we set the scene for anyone who doesn't know what we're talking about um, we signed 15 new players um, back in, well June it would have been roughly July um, and as I said um, Lauren, my wife is at the club secretary and had done all the paperwork for, for each player and um, made sure that all the guys had the right contracts and, and things like that in place and done a, a fantastic job for someone who doesn't really know um, football all that well and got into football because of me predominantly. Um, that, that that's great. And she's obviously she knew it. They've been a club secretary. She's been involved probably since what maybe January time when our club secretary departed and we needed somebody who was good at um, you know things like attention to detail and, and and doing the right thing and following the rules and all that kind of stuff. And and to me, something obviously I live with day in day out. It, it, She's so straight down the middle. There was no ever any doubt in my mind there was any sort of cheating or deliberate um, action uh, that took place and, or something that was done by accident. So I think from, from our perspective, she attended a, a meeting with the, the, all the club secretaries before the, the season starts and um, we were advised that if you didn't, if you had new players from, other, from, from different clubs, you wouldn't be able to check their suspension history. Uh, so... They advised, they were advised to contact SFA. Uh, 
we did that. Uh, sent all the details in terms of the player names, data bus IDs, all the stuff that you need to uh, provide to, to get that information. Uh, and for whatever reason, within the, the, the systems within the SFA that tell you uh, around discipline uh, that the Kevin Nicol uh, had no outstanding suspensions. So that was fine. We told the manager, good to play, to play Kev and play everyone else. There, there's no, no one you're going to have to leave out the team. Played the game. Obviously, we played every medal uh, the first game of the season. 1-3-1. It transpired after the match that, that Kev had actually had a red card in the last game of the season. And he shouldn't have been playing uh, in the game now. As you say, we had confirmation from the from the SFA via the, the admin system and via um, individuals at the SFA who provide us uh, with confirmation that those guys were good to play. So there was no there was no um, no no checks that we couldn't have done that would have told us anything any different at that point. And when someone tells you, kind of within the the organisation who's paid works full time and does the job day in, day out, knows the disciplinary system within Scottish football better than any of us. Uh, we took that as he was good to play. So, as I say, it ended up that, that we had then supposed to have a complaint by the, the West Scottish Football League. Uh, and I've seen a lot of crap online about how the, the game should have been, uh, what would have happened, would have been the result, would have been changed and uh, reversed and things like that. Now, that, that's not the rules within the West Scottish Football League. The rule was that if you play an ineligible player, hard to say, uh, that you would get a three-point deduction and a £100 fine. Now, it wouldn't matter the result of the match. If we'd won the game or lost the game, drawn the game, you still would have had a three-point deduction. Now, that is a that is a rule that clubs voted for at the, at the AGM back in, uh, back in June uh, of this year. Because originally, I think the, the, the rule was like a £500 fine for playing an ineligible player. And clubs were up in arms about the cost of that. And obviously, rightly so. Some, there's some clubs in our level that, that couldn't afford that sort of fine. So they changed the rules. They should know the rules. And, and that's the bit that annoys me most is that, that the fact that a lot of people are seeing things online and they just didn't have a clue what they're talking about. You're still seeing it today on, online that people are, are saying this. And so, obviously, Saturday, we played, obviously, Darwin on Friday night. Kev Nicol was featured and played in that match. Uh, on Saturday morning, we got an email from the, the West Scott Football League to say that there was no case to answer. Uh, on on the part of Kev uh, or playing Kev uh, potentially that the SFA might come back to us and say well Kev has to uh, serve a suspension at some point uh, yep. but we, at this point in time we haven't been served a notice of complaint from SFA so there's no there's no um, didn't stop us playing Kev on Friday night uh, he'll continue to play in our matches until SFA say otherwise uh, I don't know what will happen on that front uh, he missed one game last week because we were being overly cautious. In hindsight, he probably could have played in that match, uh, but we didn't play him against Trun. Uh, probably lost the game, uh, not having him in the lineup. But he would have not played the game anyway had he had to actually had served the suspension. So I think we as a club we draw on the line. There's been a lot of chat about I think a lot of stuff online. It's just a bit a lot of nonsense. Um, certainly, Chris. Yeah, I saw I saw kind of Meadows. Uh, from their official account, I kind of I know you you are rivals and and big rivals and that, but I saw like a tweet from Colin Boyd that uh, the Meta had obviously been sent these correspondent. You're not acting responsibly as a club if you have all this information and you're trying to distort distort it and say it's something else. You know whether it was just a wee bit of banter, I don't know, but it certainly seemed like it wasn't in terms of their perspective. And I don't like criticizing clubs or people in that, but yeah, it was just a wee bit unprofessional uh, in my opinion. And this is me saying it, not not Ben or, or, or Colin I'm, or whoever. I mean, that's just how my feeling on it. If, at the end of the day, right, there's systems in place, um, not just in football, but... Um, and if you look at that system and think, oh, well, that's telling me one thing and it ends up being another, that is not your fault. That is not Lauren's fault. It's not the buff's fault. It's not your fault, Ben. It's not the player's fault. <laughs> you know, yeah, exactly what the West of Scotland board said. There's no case to answer because you 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 said that as a club and Lauren as a secretary had done all these things to make sure there was no suspensions and it just comes out after the fact oh actually this is a mistake from the the SFA that should be getting it right in the first place you know what I mean so yeah 
the buffs, the buff, it would have been a, it would have been a, a shame if the buffs did get uh, deducted points for that. Well, we're used to these sort of conspiracy theories and brown envelope sort of nonsense that we. <laughs> I mean, it's especially the last sort of few years. Not not so much with the West of Scotland, but certainly the Lone League. We've all heard, you know. Um, the puppet master theories and all that sort of stuff with the, the coke teams and whatever else. Um, everyone said it's the old firm that, that run the SFA in, in Scottish football. Turns out it was called Winning Rangers. That's <laughs> apparently... Uh, just, I knew that was coming. It's absolute <laughs> nonsense. Just nonsense, but yeah. Uh, we move on. Uh, there's obviously been a full card of fixtures um, in the West of Scotland Football League. Um, Chris, want to start with the, the first game, which is obviously my game. Yeah, I uh, finally got into talking about it. Obviously, Darville um, beat your buffs 3-1. Uh, really good result. I heard Alan McKenzie played really well, uh, Ben. Did you just hear that? I did you not watch the highlights, no? I did watch the highlights, didn't I? Because um, apparently Kennedy's getting it. Or something. <laughs> aye, that's a... Aye. I don't know what happened there. Some famous <laughs> had a few too many balls a buck fast or something. It was like, oh, Mick Kennedy's getting it, but... Um, Strange one, but yeah, in terms of the result, yeah, 3 1 defeat for us uh, against Darvel. We unfortunately lost Thomas Collins to a broken wrist, uh, potentially for right. six weeks. Yeah, so for us, not ideal prep. He got injured very late on in training on, on Wednesday night. Uh, we also lost Gav Miller to uh, potentially a broken toe as well. So, yeah, I think for us, it was just a case of, I guess, a repeat of last week, for, as far as I'm concerned. It was just the Individual mistakes defensively cost us. Um, Big Dylan Mackin gets a goal. Delighted for Dylan. He took it hard last week, missing a couple of good chances, which he probably should have scored. And He, he played well. One, one of his headers was playing kind of almost so lot of fun. Um, he could have had John Stewart playing off him, but uh, he had obviously John and Hunt do a lot of running, and Dylan was winning the headers and holding the ball in well. And I think if he just had a bit more pace up front, if he'd had Gav or we had Thomas, Connor Bolger was also out as well with another one who's got a bit of pace around them, and we just missed that up front. And I think um, right now as a team, we, we don't seem to be able to have the defensive part right, and then when we have the forward part going, the defensive part struggles. So we just need to try and get that balance. We're, we're, we're really good in the middle of the park, I think. Obviously, we get Chris Miller, Kevin Nicholl, um, Mark Miller, Mark Lamont playing in, in the middle of the park, and uh, those guys are, are excellent for us in the, in the centre of the mid, centre midfield, and, and I think the thing for us as well, the club, uh, we're, we're so the squad's so new. As I said, we're talking about the disciplinary stuff. We've seen fifteen new players. Like it's, it's like I don't want to say transition again, but I mean that's exactly what's happened here. Sweeney left, obviously, and uh, a lot of his players left as well, and there's not many around from the season before, and but. I don't have any concerns. I, I wouldn't have said, and, and probably Darvel fans and players and managers, if they're listening to this, will disagree with it. I don't think we were like a, mil- a million miles apart from Darvel. Yeah, they maybe had a few chances that were, were chopped off for offside and things like that and freak and fouls and, uh, and and they could have been a different scoreline. But I, I'm not overly worried about the buffs right now, certainly from, from my perspective. And I think it's, um, I think we'll, come, we'll be okay. I, we'll, we'll come good. Alan McKenzie is a top. West of Scotland player. He's phenomenal when he's he's on fire. It's, I don't think we've really talked uh, about him too much in terms of Darrell, but he is just a, a top player, isn't he, in the West of Scotland? Yeah, I don't know that... I mean, I think probably Alan McKenzie managed to get a couple of starts off the back of uh, Lewis Morrison getting suspended for two games. Yeah. Uh, I don't know that, that Alan plays personally uh, from the start um, most situations. We've also got Ross Cal- Caldwell as well, uh, who's a great forward, Scott Ferguson, another great yep. forward. Um, but as I say, I don't think Alan. I don't think Alan starts, and um, well, not uh, he'll continue to start when Lewis is back next week. Because Lewis Morris is a great forward. I mean, that's yep. like, he's absolutely tremendous. He's pacey. Um, he knows where the goal is. Uh, he can play in a variety of positions as well. And I think, yeah, I think for me, you probably can't take Alan out the the team after a hat trick against the Buffs and. Uh, Lewis will maybe have to wait his turn to get back in the side but uh, there's no doubt that at some point that Lewis Morrison is going to get that, that position back in the, the team and um, Alan might find himself on the bench but yeah, great forward, he took his goals really well uh, as well and uh, it was a right handful for our defence and as, as I said, we just struggled defensively um, it slaps the concentration it's, um, it's not doing things 
quite right. I mean, you probably it's a bit unorthodox for me in some situations to try and make make challenges. Positionally, I think we're pretty poor at times, and uh, but that, I think I think that'll come. We've got kind of inexperienced players within the team at the back as well, and, and that's probably part of it too. And, and those guys will come good as, as they play with these these more experienced players like Chris Miller, Kevin Nichol, etc., who are, are, are seasoned pros at this level. And um, yeah, I'm not I'm not overly worried about the bust of Darvo. I mean, just a word on Darvo. They, they look they look good. They look like a good side. Uh, the park is phenomenal. The new park they've got is absolutely tremendous. Um, the, they obviously had issues last season with the, the park and got slated for it last year, but the, they've relayed it. Obviously, the proof will be in the pudding whether it manages to survive the, the winter and things like that, but I think I'd, I'd assume that the work's been done properly and um, it looks it looks phenomenal. I was walking on it pre-match and uh, what a bag of grass is, absolutely. Yeah, I saw a picture I think Mick took and it just looked like a bowling green. Um, we've probably covered Darvo and Kilwinnan <laughs> probably too much there, uh, Ben. So we'll just uh, kind of round up the rest of the West. Obviously, Canvas Lang Rangers uh, at home against uh, Auckland Talbot. Talbot just kind of saw that one out, uh, got the 1 0 win. Left it late, I think it was. I think it was like yep. 10 minutes to go or something. Um, got the result, but that's what Auckland like doing, aren't they? They find a way to win. Yep. Uh, we've kind of discussed Meda. I did see a tweet saying that. The best thing for them was to to claim the three points at home today, but they never. Arthurly obviously got the one 0 one against them. One one game I think we have to highlight because I did give it game of the week was Hurlford United against Comnock Juniors. Both seem to have started the, the the season well up until that point. Obviously, it was only two games in. To in fairness, but Hurlford United got the three one win. Uh, Mark McKenzie, Paul McKenzie, and Jordan Whitaker and Kyle McCausland. I know you rate Ben. Obviously, got the the goal for. Like I heard it was a really decent game. I saw the Ayrshire News team were, were there as well. So, yeah, uh, I think tough, tough on the conditions, obviously. I think, yeah, obviously we, we talked about Cumnock uh, the last couple of weeks and I actually got, I got dug out by uh, Brian McGinney and Friday night to the and I spoke about their game last week. I don't remember this, but um, he said, you know, talking about my game last week, but um, <laughs> we'll talk about this week. Brian, obviously, getting a their first defeat of the season off of Hurlford I think they had a couple of players out but Hurlford are a side you just don't know what you're going to get with Hurlford I think for me when you play them you, they, they could turn up and be the best team in the park or they could be absolutely awful I think there's no real in between when it comes to Hurlford obviously we played them in the the League Cup final and things like that and they they, they were okay and we were okay that day And uh, but yeah very up and down in terms of Hurlford but that's, that's two wins in the bounce for them now we need to. It's really hard doing a balancing act, guys, when we're doing these podcasts because there's so much to cover in terms of the leagues. And obviously, uh, uh, we didn't even talk about East Kilbride last week. We kind of sort of mentioned uh, East Kilbride Celtic B and then kind of just never talked about it. Obviously, Doogie uh, keeps moaning me about Pennycook. So um, that's probably what to do. Just keep moaning at us like, right, you need to talk about such and such and uh, we'll, we'll remember to do it. But there's always so much to cover, isn't there, Ben? Uh, one of these things. But. Uh, right, the other results, uh, tough one for uh, my beloved Largs Fissile. Um, 5-1 defeat against uh, Kirk and Tullock, Rob Roy, who have started this season phenomenally well, uh, Ben. Yeah, I, I was quite surprised about, about that myself, I think. Uh, Stuart Maxwell's a great manager at um, Rob Roy. Uh, seems to get his players started. I think they're actually top of the league as it stands um, yep. just now. And, um a bit concerned for Largs, if I'm being honest. Uh, not not the not the greatest of starts for them. Uh, I think there's been a bit of a change over there as well. Obviously losing Will Sewell and things like that. It's a, it's a big gap to fill as far as um, 40 odd goals, whoever he scored last year. So uh, yeah. yeah, great result for Rob Roy. Uh, yeah, got to, got to give them credit there. Uh, going down to Largs, playing in the Astros. You said it was hot, it would be stuffy. Probably the longest away trip for Rob Roy as well. In terms of um, going all the way down to lags and things like that, so yeah, absolutely great win for them. Did you? Did you? Um, I might be mistaken this, but did you have them as sort of relegation candidates at the, Rob in Roy? the season? Yeah. Uh, I had them near the bottom. Yeah, yeah, I definitely yeah. had them near the bottom. Actually. No, no, I just I seem to mind that, and I'm thinking, oh, they've started as well. So, <laughs> no, no, it's cool. Um, PSL, obviously, another team that we kind of thought might struggle, uh, got defeated. At home against Beef uh, Juniors 3 0. Um, good, good win for the Beefy Bakes, man. Good, good, good win for them. 3 0, yeah. Stoney away from home against PSL. We'll be absolutely delighted about that. 
Uh, Pollock saw off Glen Afton 3-2. Um, Pollock, we've kind of talked about a lot, uh, you know, with different opinions on on them, Ben, but a decent win at home against uh, Glen Afton. Yeah, I think so. I think um, I think I think the thing for me that stands out with Pollock is that the signs they have made look like they're decent signs, and, and I wasn't too sure about them to begin with, but um, I still I'm not saying that Pollock are going to win the league or anything. They're going to be anywhere near it because I, I still believe that they're going to be below us. Uh, but we only get a finger out, obviously, to to, to get that going. But um, yeah, I mean, great win for Pollock, Glen Afton. They are what they are. I think again another probably hot and cold type side. Um, well, obviously, with Ryan Stevenson in charge, they kind of one week they look brilliant, next week they look very ordinary. But yeah, great win for Pollock, and obviously it's probably been a good day down there in Newlands Field under the the, the nice hot conditions. That's a, it's a great part they've got there as well. And, yeah, it's a great set up at Pollock too. And uh, ironically, we've kind of done the same as we did uh, done in the last pod, where we were talking about Ryan Stevenson. So we'll go straight straight into the final result of the West of Scotland Premier. Your favourite Troon, um, of course. Uh, great result, three one against Clyde Bank. I did uh, kind of read over that one. Um, Sam Jamieson not on the score sheet again. Uh, who we who we've mentioned before as well. So. Um, Troon, I tell you what, another one that's kind of, for me, certainly been surprising uh, how they've started the season. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Uh, I don't know what you're alluding to there about Sam Jameson there, uh, Chris, but uh, you said it not. He's, we're only winding him up. We're only winding him. Mean, I mean, let's, let's remind, let's just be honest, it's nothing about Sam himself. It's not about no, Sam, no. it's about the comments. Um, but yeah, I mean, great result for Troon. Uh, they, they set themselves up to be dogged and hard to play against, and that's what they are. They're no, they're no, they're no world beaters in terms of um, the side. They're not playing, not playing brilliant football or anything like that. They're, they're out there and they're, they're battling away and getting results. Also scoring three. I don't really know what's going to play back to be honest. I think they're struggling a bit. Um, I listened to Moff's interview after the game and stuff, and uh, obviously sound disappointed about the result. But uh, I don't think he knows what's really going on properly just now, and he's. So trying to, I think, probably still try to get a squad together. Not maybe he's, he's obviously got the guys that come back from last year. He's brought in a few bodies, uh, but I think he's still looking for players and trying to beef that squad up because I think they're maybe kind of struggling for depth, and I think that will maybe get worse yeah. as the the season gets on and suspensions and, and um, what do you call it uh, injuries kind of start to kick in. But uh, I, I wouldn't expect them to 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 win or to get beat three one certainly off a uh, off a trend. I uh, hope they can turn out because I've got a lot of time for Claybank, so uh, just have some I mean, not, expense of, of us. Yeah, the only thing I can think of is that Moff's probably eyeing the Man United job. Um, <laughs> I'm only kidding, obviously. <laughs> We've said that sort of part before, eh? but um, nah, it's, it's, it is a, you, you can't really put your finger on it sometimes with, with teams like Clydebank and uh, teams that are Potentially, you think are going to do better, and they don't. They don't start too well. But again, it's what three games in in the west of Scotland. Yeah. I mean, it's no, it's no panic. Um, Clyde Bank, I don't think had a com- complete overhaul of their their team from what I noticed. And then I think they've got um, Aidan McDonald on loan from uh, East Kilbride, the sort of young centre half. So he's he's a, a decent player. But yeah, I think they'll they'll pick up. But yeah, certainly the Rob Roy and uh, Troon have, have been uh, been quite interesting. Surprise packages of the league, but as you said, there's only three games, and I think that's the thing I keep coming back to with ourselves. Is like I'm not I'm not panicking right now about about results and uh, things like that. We obviously some teams are going to a free week next weekend, uh, with the way the fixtures are are in place because the South Challenge Cup, and then it's the the Scottish Cup the following Saturday. Uh, so that I mean that's obviously great. Some teams in, in the West Scotland Premier League will be involved in that because. Um, they're also getting the license, and it'll be the first time. Obviously, for us, it's uh, we play rather than away, which is going to be a great occasion. And within the Scottish Cup, I mean, it would have been nice to have a, um, a kind of different side rather than a, a West Scotland team. But uh, we'll hopefully go there and get a result. And the rest of the West Scotland teams with the license, so I'll be looking forward to that that as well. And Clyde Bank, as we mentioned, they're they're up, they done well last year in the cut in, in the Scottish yeah. Cup. They were they were excellent, and they'll potentially have a bit of an eye on that too to hopefully be a a cup side and then go on and on our run and, and do all that like you done last year. So yeah. Socky. It, we need to get Socky in there as well. I think we're obviously fortunate that we've got the full fixture you can plan out your, your season a bit better and um probably for us 
I'm not too sure, obviously, Gordon's can tell me differently, but uh, it's probably nice to get a free week next week, maybe get a bit of training done and uh, work on some stuff ahead of that, that, that cup game. Because that cup games, those cup games for, for all clubs in the, in the license, or the license West Scotland Premier League teams and East uh, and South are massive because you want to go you want to go in that one because of the, the kind of finan- potential financial rewards that, that come with playing. You're not going to win the Scottish Cup, let's face it. I mean, if you win the Scottish Cup um, as a tier six Scottish football side, then they're going to be making films about you. Do you know what I mean? That's I mean that's that's what I'm talking Roy, about. Roy like, the Rovers type stuff, eh, you know. Like that, what was it called? A shot at glory. They won that Alan McCoyston. Remember the the side that killed Nocky or something like that. It was all filmed at Rugby Park. I was at, I was in the crowd that day for that film. It'll be like that if you, if, if you go and win the the Scottish the Scottish Cup as a as a tier six, even tier five side probably. I mean, they're talking about. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait. I didn't know that about you. How old were you? You must have been young at that point. No, I was just in the crowd. I was just like, I was a punter in the crowd. Like, I was like sitting in the stand, like watching the game. No, no, but how, how old were you? Oh, I'd have been about eight or something. Like, maybe <laughs> oh, yeah. nine. I mean, quite young, yeah, he was young. But Robert Duval was like director, like sitting in the dugout, being like, he was like, I think he was like the manager or something. Like, he was also the director ah, of the yeah, film. Yeah. I've got the DVD, the video, I, I, VHS. I've seen it, like, that's how old it is. I'm sure I've seen it like once and I've never watched it since, but I'm sure I've watched it like way back in the fucking 20 years ago or something, you know what I mean? I mean, it was obviously a bit gimmicky and cringy, like in terms of a bit bit of a cheese fest Scottish football film, but it was cool, man. I remember being young and being like, they're filming a football like movie in Kilmarnock. This is mad. Like, this is like. What was that one with? What was that one with Sylvester Stallone? Was that Escape to Escape to Victory or something? Remember that one where he's a goalkeeper and he's looks like the the hideous the the worst goalkeeper in the world and he's up against fucking Pele and all that sort of stuff. You know what I mean? So that was a good film. I've not seen that in years. If you just tuned in, folks, uh, this is the the new Scottish football film podcast uh, (laughs) with Ben and Chris. Uh, But yeah, that mean that gives a roundup of of what happened across the the tiers uh, five six and seven I guess this week. Uh, I'll not make a joke about a million tiers within Scottish football this week but um, where can everyone find us Chris if you, you want to get in touch? Uh, official catch up uh, on Twitter, low only catch up on Facebook and pretty much everywhere else. Uh, we are also on LinkedIn now which is interesting. Uh, I was I was updating my LinkedIn I thought I was dad a, a page. Uh, I invited you by the way Ben. So okay. Oh, is that okay. <laughs> yeah so yeah. I'll be posting links on LinkedIn as well um, which will be strange but um yeah i'm not expecting a lot of professionals will be following the catch-up on linkedin but um yeah cool <laughs> maybe we could get a sponsor um maybe uh, from linkedin maybe that's a place to get a sponsor from but um, we're just everywhere sponsor. we're just everywhere yeah, eh, you know? i mean if you want to sponsor the podcast then hit us up show us the money the single so show us free stuff i do it for free stuff at this point i'm not really bothered with money uh-huh. he'll be bought off by a, a sterling uni hat so. nah see it's coming into winter at some point i want a jacket if somebody can get me a jacket, then I'll be I'll be interested in talking sponsorship deals because I cannot get fucking Joe Maggie for love that money um, right now. So if somebody can sort me out with um, some sort of branded merch from the official catch-up, then that'll do me fine. I don't want Joe, I want maybe Adidas or something like that instead because I'm, I'm worth a bit and I like to look good. So <laughs> sort me out. Um, if you want to get in touch with me, it's at Mr. Ben Grant on Twitter, uh, as always. Um, get in my DMs, get in my ads, whatever you want to do. Um, if you're if you're not happy about what I said earlier on about the the old um, what was it ineligible player ineligible player part, um, but anyway, on that note, we'll round the podcast up there and catch you all next week. Cheers.